Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and I'm joined on the line today by my colleague Peter Smith, the Chief Rugby League Writer for the Yorkshire Evening Post. Hi Peter. Hi Rich, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Busy. Excellent, excellent. You Be- recovered from, um, from Friday night's dramas, I know you're a bit Wakefield fan. Uh, no, I haven't really, no. I, I, I was very disappointed afterwards. I have to say I'm not a big fan of the Golden Point and I'm even less so after that. Uh, <laughs> we were... yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's something we'll talk about um, about shortly, but uh, yeah, all Wakefield fans have my, uh, have my sympathy. It's not something I'm uh, a big fan of either. No, no. As you say, I'm, I was planning to touch on that a bit later, but, you know, it was an unsatisfactory end to the game and I think I would have said the same as well if it had gone the other way and Wakefield had won it. I think when it gets to that point, both teams deserve a point. But um, first up today, the Leeds Rhinos game on Saturday is going to be played behind closed doors at Catalans. Yes, that's what was probably expected. Um, And there's various things to consider, isn't there? I think the big one from a a Rhinos point of view is um, a feel for the people who bought tickets and travel to Perpignan. There, uh, Leeds have sold 210 tickets for the game, right. which um, is obviously um, not as many as they've sometimes taken in the past, but it's still a, a considerable number. Um, I think they're from 76 different groups. Right. So um, a lot of people are going to be very disappointed, but I think everybody understands that it's not Rhino's fault and it's not. Catalan's fault, it's not the RFL's fault, it's just one of those things that's, um, that's happened unfortunately. I think everybody will understand the reasons behind it. There were options, Catalan's, from what they're saying, were keen to move the game to Leeds, right. um, but Leeds weren't able, to, um, weren't able to do that, so they um, pressed for the game to go ahead and, and the compromise was for it to go ahead with behind closed doors. The, the French government are allowing gatherings of up to a thousand people, but the problem is Catalans have, uh, I mean, about five and a half thousand season tickets holders. So how yeah. do you, how do you whittle that down? Um, I think rather than try and make that decision, they've, they've taken the quite understandable, I think, option of playing it behind closed doors. So it's going to be a very strange atmosphere, um, and I really feel for the people who spent money. Going to Perpignan, I'm not sure what arrangements will be made there. Um, they're not going to be able to get refunds on the travel and accommodation, unfortunately, but they will get money back um, from the match tickets that will be refunded. Leeds are staying in the Perpignan area overnight, Friday night and um, Saturday night. And let, let's hope maybe the, the club can arrange something. They've asked people who are going, who are going to be in Perpignan over the weekend, to let them know. Um, and I, I think they'll be looking at, at maybe getting everybody together or, or doing something to, to thank the fans who've made the trip, even if they're not going to uh, going to get in and actually be able to see the game. Yes, I was just wondering that that people may still go and make a weekend of it, even if they can't actually see the game. And um, is there any plans to televise the game? Uh, I know Catalan games are usually on, aren't they, on a on a Saturday well, no, tea? No, or the... no, they're not. That's the unfortunate thing. This this season they've, they've dropped it off. Of it. Yeah in place, so it's not going to be televised. I don't know whether anything could be arranged at short notice. Uh, I don't know if Sky will be 
we'll be looking at that or any other broadcaster. But as things stand at the time we're talking now, um, it's not going to be broadcast. Um, hopefully, all being well, the, the media will be able to get in. The Australian Post are, are attending and, and we'll try and provide full coverage before, during, um, during and after. Uh, but at the moment, as I understand it, there's, there's no deal yet to televise it. And this is an unprecedented situation. You know, I can't think of this ever happening in no. the league before. Um, and I mean, it, it might be something we have to get used to over the next um, the next few months, depending on on how the um, the virus outbreak develops. But um, you'd think it's something that's possibly going to be happening in Super League in this country before too long it's difficult isn't it i mean catalans are going to be losing a lot of money because um of lack of get uh loss of gate revenue yes certainly everything else sales of of food and beer and all that sort of stuff they're going to take a big hit but they're two games behind everybody else and most of the other teams already having had the game at wakefield postponed and then they were due to play Saints on the weekend of the World Club Challenge, so that bit the dust. So they couldn't realistically, they couldn't postpone it. They'd have no way, no way of fitting an extra fixture in. Um, obviously, there's logistical reasons why it's, it couldn't be switched to um, to Leeds. I think everybody's just just trying to make the best of a, a difficult situation there. Really. Yes, certainly. I was just chatting with our colleague Graeme Smith before I came in, the YEP's Leeds United writer, and we were just commenting on the fact that the Rhinos game had fallen and how soon would it be before it happened in football. Obviously, in Rugby Union, some of the Six Nations games have also gone by the wayside where they're not even letting, they're not even playing them behind closed doors, rather. So it's a very uncertain time for all sports, and as you say, Rugby League in particular. Uh, where clubs do rely on uh, the fans you know, to help with the financing maybe more than other sports in terms of the things you've mentioned like um, you know, beer sales, food sales, yeah. uh, people turning up at the ground and so on. And, yeah. it, and it's very hard to plan as well, isn't it? It's, it you know, it's like we were chatting again earlier on, on a slightly different note, but you know, regard food shopping and things like that. You just can't say whether we're going to go in Britain are going to go down that same path that's happening in areas of the continental Europe, or whether you know we'll be carrying on as normal, or it won't actually take off as much the virus here, and it, it must be t- dreadfully difficult for um, clubs to plan ahead at all. Yeah, well, I, I think that's right. How, how do you plan when you don't know what's what's going to happen? All the all the advice seems to be that that it's it's heading our way and yeah. um, we're going to be in a similar situation to, to what France is now and maybe Italy which is completely locked down we'll just have to wait and see I mean Le- Leeds have got another trip to France to come up this year um, they're going to Toulouse in um, May I mean I think this doesn't help the, the 210 people that are booked for, for Perpignan but I think, a lot, I think a lot of people have maybe decided they'll go to Toulouse rather than to Perpignan this year, because Leeds have been going to, to France since 2005. They actually played a game in Perpignan against London the season before Cassons came into Super League. So it's it's a familiar trip now, and I think a lot of people have thought, well, there's, there's two 
French um, expeditions this year, and we'll go to the, the one in a new city in, in Toulouse. Yeah. But what do you do about that? Do you book for that now, on the assumption that it'll be on? Do you hold off? I mean, I would imagine most people will probably hold off if they haven't already booked accommodation in flights and so on. We'll hold off um, on that one and, and just wait and see what happens. What do clubs do? Clubs need the income, and there's a real danger that, as we say, that they're going to be playing games behind closed doors over here before too long. I mean, let's hope not, and it's not guaranteed yet, but it, you'd think that's the way things are heading. It's, the sport's going to take a hit, but it's the same It's the same for everybody, isn't it? It's just it's just one of those things that yeah. anyone, can, um, anyone can do about it. It's just a case of, of getting on and, and making do. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with teams. I mean... Obviously, at some stage, if the virus is going through, the population players are going to be affected. Will teams be able to fill full squads? Will they be able to train? All that sort of thing is going to have to be taken into into consideration as as well. Um, yeah. I just hope that, that the sport and the clubs are doing a little bit of advanced planning. I understand that, that they are. There was a, a meeting with the government the other day, which the RFL, um, along with many governing bodies, attended. So it's it's all, it's all sort of been dealt with, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, indeed. It's uh, the word you used earlier, unprecedented. You know, I think it's one of those, if you've been doing a movie along these lines, people would think it was a bit far-fetched about how, how quickly it seems to have come in and taken over every aspect of everyone's lives. Because mm, sport yeah. sport's a great release, but at the end of the day it's only a, a small part of our lives and um, you know the far more important thing is to prevent the spread of this thing and hopefully uh, everybody's lives can get back to normal as soon as possible after that well that's exactly right isn't it it's, um, it, it's for everybody who's, who's not um, not affected by the disease or the virus itself it's just it's an inconvenience you know thoughts with everybody who um, will be worried about this situation, or, or people who, who will contract the virus? Um, you know, thoughts are with them. But Indeed. the unfortunate thing in, in the belief, like you said, with the Six Nations, they can put it back to to October. That that isn't going to disrupt. Well, it's going to cause disruption, but it, it doesn't mean the end of the the competition. Obviously, you, you can't just put off Super League for um, for six months and say we'll resume it in. in half a year's time. No. Um, that's why the games are going to go ahead. I, I don't think there'll be postponements at this stage. Maybe there will if, um, if players start getting ill and, and can't play and squads are tested. But it's all up in, up in the air at the moment. We'll just have to, um, have to see what happens. Indeed. And hopefully on, on uh, Saturday the Rhinos can continue their good run of form on the field. Another good win last week against Toronto which I happened to see, another big score following on from the Warrington win. Yeah, and well, they're playing... Shaping up nicely, this, aren't they? This isn't, the, this isn't the best Leeds team um, we've seen for, for, for a number of years, but it's certainly the best to watch. Um, the way they've been playing over the last four games, really, really exciting brand of, of rugby. Luke Gale's brought so much to the side. He's been absolutely tremendous... Just with his enthusiasm, I think, yeah. as much as anything else, he's lifted everybody around him, people have responded, and they're going really well at the moment. But Catalans, similar situation, they got hammered at home in round one, and since then have been 
losing streak. It's three games for them, but they're going really well. So it should, it should be a good test. It's going to be different, isn't it? There'll be no atmosphere in, in the ground. Um, so I don't know how that will affect the players. It'll be interesting to see. But I think Leeds are going to go there with a lot of confidence. It's a year, not quite to the day, but um, more or less since Leeds' last trip to Copenhagen when they lost. They were actually on a four-game losing run that time, so the situation's changed round. And Leeds are just in a far better state. Yeah. So it's too early, I think, to be talking about anything other than, than competing for the top five. I think that that has to remain the aim. Leeds could play well in the next three games and lose them all conceivably. Catalan's away, always a tough place to go. Uh, then they've got Saints at home, and we all know how good Saints are, even if they're not maybe at, at their best on their own. And then Castle could away, and anything could happen in that. So I don't think anyone should get carried away, but certainly the situation's looking much brighter than it has done for some time. And encouragingly, Leeds have been going along quite nicely despite having some players missing the likes of Cruz Leeming, who was going to be a big part of the squad this year. He's got an injury not yet available. isn't going to be for a couple more months. It looks like Jack Walker's going to be out for quite a while with his... um, his foot injury and he's also going to have surgery on the shoulder. Tom Crosby, who everyone thought would be available for the start of the season, still hasn't played and um, Stevie Ward's been out with his concussion. So there are some good players to come back into this team and you'd think they're only going to make the side better. But as I say, you've got to keep everything in perspective. They're a work in progress, I think, at the moment. But certainly um, things are, are looking a lot brighter for the future. And the big, the big thing for me is they're, they're fun to watch. Yeah, which um, hasn't been the case for for a while. Yeah, I, I saw some of the game on uh, Thursday night, and they, as you say, they played some lovely rugby, and they looked to be enjoying it as well. I, I, one thing that struck me about the team was they're almost in a kind of Kevin Sinfield mould, if that's not too fanciful. In that, the guys all all look really uh, clean cut, and <laughs> maybe that's a bit bit of a strange well, no, thing to say, but I, 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 they all look really well disciplined, fit. On, on that, but the, the spirit is very good. I mean, I'm lucky enough to spend a, a bit of time with them away from from match day, and the, there is, it reminds me a little bit of, of how things were sort of five or six years ago. There's a very good team spirit. There's a lot of joking and, and taking yeah. the mickey out of each other, and, and that's always a good sign. We haven't had that so much for the last couple of years, but people, yeah, people are enjoying their rugby again, but you would do, wouldn't you, when you're playing the way yeah. they are, and, and, and they're winning, that's the, that's the big thing, um, uh, tougher tests, tougher tests are to come, let's see how they, they handle it when they come up against a, an informed team playing well, and, and they get put under pressure, but certainly, from what I've seen so far, this is a decent team, and they're in a, they're in a pretty good place at the minute. Yeah, and I think, kind of to clarify what I was trying to say, but um, when Kevin came in, he said that he wanted to change the culture of the club back to how it had been when he'd been there as a player. And watching that game as a neutral the other night, the one thing that struck me was he's obviously doing that very quickly behind the scenes. And and that's then, to me, as an outside observer, is paying dividends on the field by the way they're playing. As you say, uh, Gale looks like the archetypal 
boy in a sweet shop who's finally got the job he's always wanted and he's out to show exactly why he's always wanted to play for Leeds and uh, you know some lovely passes and a great spirit in the way that even like guys like Richie Myler who may have, you know at the end of last season you may have thought he'd be on his way out of Leeds or maybe not playing regular this season but he's had a challenge thrown down to him and he's certainly picked up the gauntlet hasn't he and really come on and shown that he wants to be part of the team scoring some good tries in an unfamiliar position and I think that kind of sums up the the attitude that leads to at the moment for me I think all that's exactly right yeah I can argue with, with any of that I, I, I would hope that Kevin Sinfield who's been much criticised since his return to the club as director of rugby I would hope he'll get some credit for this because he's put an enormous amount of work into turning things around and, and starting to, to pay dividends and Richard Agar was I mean you'd have to say it, it wasn't a popular appointment when, when no. he got in sort of not quite a year ago but um, about 10 months ago and everyone said well why aren't they appointing a, a big name coach but he's done an excellent job he's he's really well thought of by the players they like him and he's, he's not done anything too fancy he's just come in and, and sorted a few things out that needed sorting out and he deserves credit for that and you mentioned Richie Myler I, I think Richie Myler He's a player I've got a lot of time for. He's got a, a really good attitude, and that's been spot on because when Luke Gale was signed last year, it would have been very easy for Richie. He's got this is his last year's contract. He could have um, he could have sought and, and just taken the money for a year, or he could have walked away. But he's not done that. No. He's got stuck in. He, he did a really good job as backup hooker in the first few games of the season and um, he's been excellent at fullback as well and he's you can see a weight has been lifted off his shoulders he's not having to do the organising now he's got Gail and um, Louie doing that and he's back into the sort, sort of support player role that he did so well earlier in his career and he's really thriving on it and I think that's great to see because he's been unfairly criticised in my opinion Richard Myler over his previous two years at the club but it's shown what he can do now and uh, as I say his attitude has been fantastic as of a real example to um, to everybody else in the squad and, and people are following that lead it's really good to see it is yes I would agree with all that just going on from that Peter we had a tweet this week from a DP Whetstone thanks very much for getting in touch with us just asked, well, it was a two-part tweet, really. The first part was asking, with everybody beating each other, is the league far more even and therefore better? Or do we think a team will pull away from the pack? And if so, who? Mm. And, um, well, well, we'll look at that first, I think. Again... Yeah, it's, the league certainly looks a lot close. close. It's a little bit early to tell, isn't it? Although, having said that... It's round seven this weekend, which is more or less a quarter of the way through. It is incredibly, yeah. But I think it's a little bit too soon. Hopefully nobody's going to finish 16 points clear like Saints did, or um, or 10 points clear like Caston the other year. Yeah. The the thing, what I like about this year is, I I don't think the standard's been leveling down so much. I think there's been some decent, decent rugby played. Um, and some, some players have come in and made a real impact across the board, quality players, and that's raised the standard of the competition. I think it's a better competition this year than, than it was last year. Um, I mean, that might be because I watch a lot of leads and they're doing. Yeah. Better, but that's the impression I get. 
Um, I do think it will be tighter. I mean, you think Saints have got it in them to 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 go on a run and and, um, and finish top of the table, but I think Castleford are a team that have surprised people this year. I know they lost to Warrington last weekend, but oh, that was a bit unfortunate. They they deserved something from the game probably. Um, Hull, I've, I've Hull have just been Hull, aren't they? Yes, Hull yeah. inconsistent, but they've got massive potential in their team. As of Warrington, if you look at the quality of Warrington's squad, it's probably better than anyone else's. They've not found the feet yet away from home, but they will do at some stage, you would have thought. And um, obviously Leeds are, are in there now competing in Huddersfield. The I saw at Wakefield in pre-season when people were tipping them to, to be in a relegation battle. And I thought they were really good that night. And, and they have been so far to go to St Helens and win like they did last week. It was a fantastic result. It was. And we, we didn't really get results like that last year, did we? But we're getting a, a few of them now and it's, um, it's good to see. If I was to be asked which team will pull away this stage, hard, hard to tell. But I'd, I still think probably Saints would be, would be favourites despite their, their slowish start to the year. They only lost three games last year and they've lost two so far this year. But um, they've got a lot of quality and they've got players to come back when some, some injuries clear up. So I think they're probably still favourites. But at this stage, it's not obvious yet who's going to, uh, going to go away and, and when they go to the league grand final, which is good. Yes, I'd agree with all that. And I think as well that, as you just pointed out, uh, these these abilities of all these teams to beat each other is making it a lot better competition this year. Um, everybody probably at the start of the season probably thought Saints wouldn't, uh, would rather go on another big uh, winning spree and probably finish points ahead of everyone else. But that certainly doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Wigan look strong again, don't they? And then you've got your teams like Huddersfield, Wakefield, who are capable of, of giving teams a bloody nose from time to time when you're expecting them to lose like Wakefield did against Warrington the other week. So it all keeps the interest going. And also, I know the Leeds game last week was a bit of a blowout, but the two other games involving our teams, Castleford and Wakefield, both went right down to the wire, didn't they? Um, unfortunately for our teams, not the right side of the wire, but even so, it shows that games are going the full 80 and, you know, it's, it's a lot more interesting, exciting. Uh, again, I would probably say Saints and Wigan would be the two who, who you would expect to, to reach the grand final. But as Salford again showed last year, if you get on a roll, uh, especially in the knockout stages, anything can happen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, these, the tight matches last weekend were, were really good for the sport. Well, I think we're going to have to bite the bullet and talk about about golden points. Yes, I think, yeah. I think we've had at least one tweet, haven't we, from someone asking us what we what we think of um, golden point. That's right. It was our colleague Ben McKenna who was just asking, should the same uh, thing be now used in the Championship and League One? He said that he feels harsh that a team draws a game but then can essentially lose on the toss of a coin. Um, um, no, no. I'm not a fan of it at all. I think we should get get rid of it completely. I just do not see what it adds to um, what it adds to the game at all. People say, well, it's the excitement of sudden death. But 
it's just a drop goal. It's, yeah. And more often than not, the team that gets the ball first wins. It's yeah. a bit tough to lose a game when you've not had a possession in, in extra time, isn't it? Um, the, the last five or so minutes at, at Wellington Cast was effectively like going for extra time. I don't think you need to to have any more excitement. I mean, how, how much more excitement could you want than, than Mikey the other day? Yes. They were, they were a long way behind. Tom Johnson comes up with two magical finishes at the corner and um, they have a kick to, to win the game, which, which is that's excitement enough as yeah. well. Yeah. Wakefield's fight back deserved a point, in my opinion. Um, I know that in the championship they'd have got a point and Hull would have got two points for for winning in extra time. But, but that, that's happened once so far in the championship when um, Sheffield won at Batley the other week with a, a barrel drop goal. But that made that game worth more points than other games. And I, I don't quite see how you can have some matches that are worth three points and some matches that are worth two points. Yes. It just seems seems very odd to me. I, th- I think we should scrap it completely. The only reason we've got it is because the NRL do it. Yeah. Um, but a draw is a valid result, in my opinion. Not always a satisfactory result. You go away thinking, oh, uh, we've not won, we've not lost. But it's it's a, a valid result. Wait for the worth the point the other day for the, for the fight back and say, oh, we're probably worth a point for, for the way they've played up to that. Certainly, um, that situation. So, yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I think we should we should scrap it. And this is what the way we bring things in. We're going to try for a couple of years and then scrap them. So, we probably will. Yeah, I mean. As you know my view, Peter. I'm, I'm 100% with you. You're preaching to the converted here. I, and I, as I said at the top of the program, I would have agreed. Uh, I would have felt the same if Hull had beaten Wakefield. Uh, sorry, apologies. If Wakefield had beaten Hull with the, the golden point drop goal, I think as you rightly pointed out, the whole point of the game was it was a very exciting. One team dominated for a period. The other one came right back into it. And at the end of it all, if it finished level, then what fairer way of deciding it than you both walk off with a point for your efforts? Castleford as well, you know, they, they were moments away from a draw as well, weren't they? And, but they lost within the confines of the 80 minutes to a drop goal um, converted under pressure and fair enough. But if you're going to go down the golden point rule, then at least surely both sides should have six tackles each before they're allowed to have a shot at goal and take it from there but even so it's just something that we've always got to have a winner well no we don't always have to have a winner or certainly not in British sport in any sport you care to name sometimes the teams can't be separated and we've always had a reward for each team for that and I, you know I don't like this thought that well somebody's won I was t- chatting to Phil Harrison you know our colleague who does the ice hockey and he was saying pretty much like the championship set up in ice hockey. If the game finishes level, both teams get a point and the team that scores in overtime gets another point for winning. But even then, you know, how do you judge that as a three-point game rather than a two-point? You know, it's just something that seemed to be brought in for a novelty. And again, I think Castleford had a load of shots at goal the other night, didn't they, and missed them. Or there was five attempts between Warrington and Castleford before one finally went over. Yet Hull have a guy like Sneed, or like the late great Sneed Prescott, or Lee Breyers can drop them in his sleep. So, you know, it's almost like an, an, 
it's to their advantage almost to draw in those circumstances, isn't it? If they get the ball first, they're almost certainly going to win. Yeah, but, but if they get the ball first, you know, that, that hinges on a, a toss of a coin. Yeah. I just, don't, I just don't think it's a... I don't think it's a fair system. No. Uh, I don't think it adds anything anything to the game. So I'd, I'd be perfectly happy to see it scrapped as Indeed. soon as possible. Um, and I'm, I, I don't really don't like this idea of three points from some matches and two from others. No, I'd, I'd agree entirely. Just, just finally, Peter, then, just looking forward to this weekend, uh, we've already determined Leeds are there at Catalans. Wakefield have a cup tie against Bradford. I think we spoke the other week saying it'd be great if Wakefield could get on a bit of a cup run and there's an ideal opportunity to start it against their old coach, John Keir, the, the cup king himself. So he might have yeah. other plans for it knowing John. <laughs> well, Brad, Bradford will be bang up for it. Yeah. I think Wakefield will, will win that. It's a great opportunity for Wakefield and drawn at home um, against our division opposition. You can't ask for anything better than that. I think Bradford will be in the game for probably half the game, but but I, I think Wakefield are, go, are going to be too strong. They could have a couple of players back. Uh, talking to Chris Chester, the coach, the other day he was pretty confident that Danny Buff in big days for Peter. Yeah. Our other local side, Hunslet, they've had a good start to the season, haven't they? They've followed on their pre-season form. They're at Featherston, who again made a great start to the season, also in the Challenge Cup. So that, that has the makings of an interesting tie. I think Featherston will probably be too strong for Hunslet, but another stepping stone for Hunslet on their way to perhaps building a promotion challenge, ultimately. Yeah. Please for both coaches, they're both good guys, James Webstrap, Featherston and, and Gary Thornton at Hunslet. Hunslet's away form over the past couple of years has been really good. So I don't think they'll, they'll have any fear, but with nothing to lose, they'll go and, and have a go and, and it can be chance for Hunslet to measure where they are really against quality opposition. Um, Featherston presumably will be without their Leeds Rhinos players when it been a cup game. Leeds won't want anyone that's due registered cup side. Yeah. That's an opportunity for some young up-and-coming Fenton players to um, to have a go. You'd expect Fenton to win, particularly when they've been at home. But again, I think I think Monster are capable of giving them um, giving them a game. Yes, yeah, certainly. And then just round it back in the league, uh, Castleford are hosting St Helens. Uh, another good test of both sides' top five credentials. Quite fancy Castle at home against Saints. No Saints will be smarting after that defeat at home against Huddersfield. But Castleford have made a great start, and Danny Richardson, I'm sure, will have a point to prove. Um, I think I think Danny will be, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> if someone's going to kick a yeah. kick drop ball to win it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Danny Richardson, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think I think Cass might um, might win that one. It'd be, be terrific for them if they did, because then they'd be six points out of Saints, which is quite a gap at this stage of the season. Um, Cats are full of confidence. They're playing pretty well, even though they didn't win last week. We all know what Saints can do. If Saints um, get the game together and, and hit the straps, they, they're a very, very tough team to beat. 
Well, the jungle, nobody likes going there, do they? It's an intimidating atmosphere. It's going to be a Sunday afternoon, so there'll be a big crowd. Don't um, get too many Sunday afternoon games at the jungle now. No. And, yeah, I'm going to tip a Castleford, um, Castleford win on that one. Well, I'd agree with you. I think I think this weekend, I think we'll we'll have a winning treble. I think Leeds wait for Lancaster for Delal win, um, Featherstone probably as well of the other teams we've talked about. Um, but another interesting weekend ahead, and let's hope those who do go out to, to Catalans with Leeds, uh, you know, all return home safe and sound as well. Uh, okay then, thanks for that Peter just finally as a reminder to everyone listening you're more than welcome to tweet myself at Richard Byron YEP or Peter at Peter Smith YEP um, if you have any comments or questions for us or just want to join the chat also at YEP Sports Desk has the very latest uh, news and views from Peter and our other sports writers and also YorkshirePost.co.uk YorkshireEveningPost.co.uk, of course, as well, for the very latest sports news. I think that's it all for us for now. Thank you once again, Peter, for your time. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up again soon.